Hey, Sean. Yes. I finally did it. You did what? I bought another controller for my Xbox. On top of the two that you've already bought recently? Well, technically, this would have been my uh, fifth Xbox controller. But this is a special one. If this one's a Series X one or a, just well, it's an a, Xbox? It's a Series X controller. Ooh. But this is a special one. Why this is, is special? more special than the two Elite Series 2 controllers that I have. This is more special than my Xbox One Scorpio Edition one. This is the brand new Pulse Red Xbox Series X controller, which, oh my God, in my hands, it is so much, so much nicer than the pictures portray it to be. It's one of these things that, you know, holding like a a baby Robin or a, a freshly born rabbit. It's just an experience that you're like, wow, I'm so lucky to be experiencing this. (laughs) <laughs> did, did they add this stuff to it to at least get rid of the um the the like the the ability to have fingerprints or is it well yeah you know what i i have been having you know i always do the fingerprint test with new controllers uh so i've been eating a lot of greasy things uh chips um lots of chips pickles i had some dill pickles and stuff like that um sour cream and onion um some bacon and honestly, this controller still looks brand new because it is. I haven't done any of that stuff and I probably won't. But no, it's like uh, I've never seen a red like this before. It's not dark. Like it looks darker than it is actually in the pictures. Mm-hmm. But in hands, it's it's like a, a light colored red. And the the red joysticks is really nice. And the black buttons really stick out. And my God, I think this might be my favorite, favorite controller but you know what's my favorite thing more than this controller? What's that? The Scene on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. You know, it's been kind of a rocky start today with uh, our software being upgraded, but hearing the song just makes me so much happier. Yeah, don't you love when, you know, a program or an app that you're using finally gets a a major update and it's completely changed from what you know? It's hurting my eyes. Yeah, that's what happened with uh, the software that we're using for recording this podcast. It changed on us and, you know... Our listeners wouldn't know, but this is probably about our fourth time <laughs> recording this episode. Here's the comparable for all you listeners. Remember when Instagram changed to that weird light purple rainbow to orange pink thing? That's what we're staring at right now. It's literally just a, an array of bright pastel colors somehow. And yeah. I understand but- that we're supposed to be on video because that's what this wants, because it wants us to be able to record video, which is a feature we'll eventually have for you if you want to see our ugly faces. Yeah. If you but, want to just see me laughing instead of just hearing me laugh. Okay, one thing I need to point out with this new Xbox controller. Oh my so God, on the side, especially with the Series X controllers, it says what it's for on the side, right? Xbox Series X, S, Xbox One, Windows 10, Android, and iOS. And I just noticed that there's a sticker on the top that says iOS support coming in the future. So 
interesting. They they've added on the box that it will support iOS, but it doesn't actually support iOS. Just just be ready for that cloud gaming experience. Oh yeah, man! Like once once that finally officially comes to um, iPhones and iPads, you know those those people are in for a treat. Oh yeah, know? totally. I've I've used it a little bit on my um, Galaxy Tab S7 Plus. Uh, and it's actually kind of nice on there. You know, I've played it on my note 10. I have like the little controller clip thing, which, uh, is a nice kind of line on the couch. If I want to, or, you know, if someone's using the TV and I want to play Xbox, I can just play some of those games, but, uh, using my, the tablet, it's even nicer. It's a nice screen on there. So yeah, all those iOS users eventually, you know, one day, You'll actually be able to use your phones and your tablets for some good gaming. Not just <laughs> you can use them for stuff other than tableting. Yeah. <laughs> or letting your kids watch YouTube. Yeah. So uh, what's new? Not much, man. I had a, a very quiet week. It was a it was, it was it was a lot going on in my my personal life with uh or I guess in my professional life and uh I'm I'm trying to help somebody get a, a startup off the ground, so I've been pretty busy. I've barely touched my Xbox again for another week. Got a few good rounds of uh, Warzone in now that I got a my my replacement Elite because somebody I don't want to name names dumped ginger ale all over the last one. Yeah, does his name start with an S and rhymes with a on? Yes, David. It was my cat. <laughs> no, um, yeah, and this this week's been kind of it, it's a, always a weird week when Monday's a holiday. Uh, Monday, was, yeah, Monday was a holiday for us Canadians, uh, also known as Family Day, or this year uh, just any other weekend day. <laughs> I believe they call it Monday. You can't really do shit all, and uh, the provincial lockdown or the stay at home order, whatever that the difference was um, that ended on Tuesday. So for some regions, yeah, in some regions. So are you able to go to stores there? Uh, Yeah, we can. Um, But But if you drive like 20 minutes north, you can't uh, where I currently work is still locked down. And as of this afternoon, it sounded like the, the, the public health unit, is trying to get it extended until March 9th. Apparently there's been a few cities that have already tested positive for, or had positive cases of new variants and it's only Wednesday. Wow. Yeah. I went to Best Buy today. How great did it feel to go back in? It was actually kind of nice. So we actually had to go for a legitimate reason. Our mini fridge died the other day. So all of my cold beverages were, have not been cold since Saturday evening. It's been a horrible weekend. I have had no cold beverages. So um, yeah, instead of ordering it for online pickup because everything was closed Monday, I was just like, whatever, we'll just go go today. And yeah, we, we picked one up and it's just puttering away, cooling Dude, you down. You just used your balcony for the next month. Save some money. The other day I was yeah I didn't uh, think of that. <laughs> the other day I was on a work conference and I, I discovered like I knew this was going to be a long like it was like a two day at home event. 
And I knew it was going to be a long day. So I bought like some, some Red Bull at the dollar store, right? And Red Bull cans fit in between my windows. So <laughs> I put the Red Bull cans along the window and then closed the window. It was like having a little fridge. Didn't we do that once before? Uh, I believe we've done that. I thought we did that at your old this place. Yeah. No, at your old place. I think we did that. Yeah, because those were perfect windows to yeah. like, store stuff in. Yeah, we had put like a case of beer in there. Yeah. <laughs> also, just just so you guys know, um, for all of our American listeners, um, it's only observed to be family day in like three provinces. Ontario, British Columbia, uh, New Brunswick, and that would be it, I think. Oh, and Saskatchewan. Uh, in Manitoba, they were like, now nah, we're going to name it Louis Riel Day. In Prince Edward Island, it's called the Islander Day. In Nova Scotia, it's Nova Scotia Heritage Day. And uh, up in the Yukon, it's called the Yukon Heritage Day. Same holiday, four different names. Yeah. Oh, no, Five but Yukon Heritage Day is uh, February 26th, so it's... Uh, oh, it's Friday. Next next Friday, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, the other three happened on the same day, because, you know, why not? So... Ooh, you know what I'm just looking at? Daylight saving time starts on March 14th, so that means that we lose an hour, right? Spring ahead, yeah. And St. Patrick's Day is that Monday. It's on a Wednesday. Oh, no, it's on a Wednesday. St. Patrick's Day is Monday for Newfoundland... In Labrador. What the hell is Labrador? A dog. No, like, okay, so in Canada, <laughs> there's always, it's always Newfoundland and Labrador. Is Labrador its own province separate from Newfoundland? No, I think it's just an extension of it. Like, why do they say that? If it's all part of it, it doesn't make sense. These are, you're asking the questions that are just too big for our pay grade. The hard hitting questions, yeah. Speaking of hard hitting questions, man, do we have a bunch of stuff to cover today. You think, like, even last week, we came out of our show, and we were like, all right, we did some rom-coms. We're going to take some heat. And boy, did we take some heat. Um, I got some PMs or DMs being like, dude, why this movie? Why that movie? And guys, we need to encourage you. Just put it in the comments. Rip on David and I together. It's okay. We can take it. Yeah, I enjoy hearing or reading the comments of people ripping on Sean. Yeah, and I especially love when they rip on David. It's more fun. This is true. Um, with that being said, we were like, oh man, last week was kind of news light. We didn't have a lot going on. And then what was it? Uh, an hour after we stopped recording, I send you a text message that re- reads Gina Carano fired from Disney's The Mandalorian. Shocked Pikachu face face. Yeah. Like, yeah, we get. Okay, so for not those surprised who, to be completely honest, but for for those who have been sleeping under a rock or don't care and just like watching TV shows and don't care about the actors, which is perfectly fine. I'm right on on that boat. Gina Carano has had um, quite quite the career so far. She like started in the UFC. She was very. Um, outspoken individual she's been in a lot of action movies and then disney took a big swing on her adding her to the mandalorian and she said some questionable things she's a known anti-masker she is a, a trump supporter of sorts and needless to say she said a few dumb things last year john favreau went up to bat for her and be like you know what like everybody's entitled to their own opinion 
Let's try and calm it down a little bit. We want to keep her around. And went as far as um, convincing like Fellini and everybody else involved with the, what are we calling it now? The Star Wars television cinematic universe or whatever. I guess it's still part of the Star Wars cinematic universe, but. But it's a silver screen product. The TV side of it. Yeah. Well, it's the streaming side. Um, Anyways, the long and short of it is they were so happy with what she did in season two and what she brought and the dynamic that after they recorded it, and you got to remember the Mandalorian shot months before it's even released and like edited. Um, they were convinced that they were going to have her be a big part of the Ra- What's it called? The Rangers of the Republic. That the new TV series, they were writing it. Like you could see them setting up a spinoff for her in the last few episodes of the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And like you and I even talked about it being like, yeah, like what's going to happen um, there. That's one of his biggest allies and she's leaving. Um, what are we going to do? Is she joining the rebellion? Like what's going on? Are we only going to see her for an episode or two? And then she went on an insanely racist tirade. Well, it was it racist or anti-Semitic. I think it was a little bit of both. <laughs> a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. She she had a problem. She compared Jewish people to Republicans in a not so friendly way. Yeah. And that was enough for Disney to be like, nope. But here's the thing. Gina Carano even explained uh, on social media that she also found out she was fired through social media, which leads me to believe that she may not have been fired. She was just not asked to come back, which is slightly different. But also same, same. Yeah. The only big difference is you didn't get a pink slip, you know, like you just think of it this way. Like think of it as if you were working for your employer on contract, right. And, and they just decided that they were not going to renew your contract. You're not really technically being fired but it just means that your performance is not adequate enough for that uh that employer now in this case sure her performance on screen and in the show was very good but as everyone knows in the 21st century you know especially if you have any any amount of fame you're not like you're scrutinized with everything you do. Right. So in this case, the things that she was saying and doing in her personal life, which does reflect a lot on Disney, like Disney is one of, if not the largest media conglomerate in the world. Right. And we all know how strongly they protect their IPs and the, the standards that they hold their, employees to especially the actors you know so what she was doing in her personal life and what she was saying on social media and stuff like that did not align with what disney was trying to or what what disney's views are um and so then they just decided to not renew her contract so sure like she wasn't fired per se but at the same time she kind of was right yeah in the most legal way of doing it <laughs> this is a great picture. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll post it on our Instagram. I just sent David something. Sean just sent me a picture of uh, Grogu opening up uh, <laughs> essentially an airlock and Cara Dune being sucked out into outer space. This is great. Um, so I'm just reading here that Cara Dune, or Cara Dune, Gina Carano was making between $25,000 and $50,000 per episode of The Mandalorian, which actually seems incredibly low for Disney. Um, and she was negotiating a fairly large raise for the series that was tailored to her with which was Rangers of the New Republic. So hold up, hold up. How much was she making per episode? Twenty five to fifty thousand dollars. Shit, man. Even on like an episode where she was in there for like, you know, two minutes, twenty five grand. That's that's like half of what I make in a year. So yeah, but look at why I hate famous people. Yeah, but look at. Oh my God. We're not getting into this conversation today because we just don't have enough time. <laughs> but look at some of the salaries that are like of some of the biggest sitcoms ever. Like the friends made a million dollars per episode. Um, Kaylee Cuoco and why well, can't I think of his name? The, the uh, Jim Parsons and Johnny Galecki all made a million dollars per episode in the last season of big bang theory. Like, but I think the big difference also between those is that those weren't, shows exclusive to streaming services right disney has billions and billions of dollars for sure Mm -hmm. but obviously they have budgets and they have money set aside specifically for different projects and they're not selling the um, broadcasting rights of the mandalorian to tv studios or uh, broadcast studios stations right so in the case of like Friends or Big Bang Theory or even the Seinfeld, right? These were done and the mo- and the, the TV studios would essentially purchase the rights to broadcast that. And they would make their money by, you know, advertisers. Uh, you know, if they have 7 million people watching a show on a Thursday night, a new episode, you know, all of those advertisers are paying for the the show essentially right mm-hmm. but there's none of that on disney plus so the budgets that they are working with i would not be surprised if they're substantially less in the sense of what they have to pay their actors right how old is this article i'm looking at oh my goodness well, the thing is is like um gina whatever her name is mm-hmm she is not as big of an actor as Pedro Pascal or um, Carl Weathers or some of the other actors in there, right? So obviously she's not going to get paid as much for her role in those films or those those TV shows. Um, but I think she was on the right track with the response. I think the response for her character in The Mandalorian was a lot m- more positive than people expected. Yeah, I can't find a uh, a definitive amount that Pedro Pascal makes f- per episode, which is funny. But like, I, I ended up on like just clicking trying to find it, and. There's this article saying Star Wars actors who make way less money than you thought. And as of the the end of 
the the latest Star Wars trilogy, it says Daisy Ridley's only worth six million dollars, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's way too much. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually like I, I think she's a pretty decent actor. Correct. Yeah, one one facial expression. And to be honest with you, I have not been impressed with some of the other movies that she's been in. So I'm kind of interested to see the movie she's in with Tom Holland that's coming out. Um, Which one's that? I forget the name of it, but it's uh, it's based on a book. Um, I'm just looking at Chaos Walking. It looked pretty. Oh neat, yes, trailer. yeah. Um, speaking of Pedro Pascal, really quickly as a, a tiny segue. Um, he and the oh wow uh, my mind is unfortunately just mush today he's got the lead of joel in the upcoming last of us series oh yeah i heard that that that'll be interesting because he looks nothing like the video game character joel at all and i don't think his american accent is that great no and also you know but if if uh, uncharted the uncharted movie showed us anything the studios don't give a fuck who they cast for the main characters because tom holland looks absolutely nothing and i don't think would be able to will be able to accurately portray the character of nathan drake apparently the russo said that they had to like calm tom holland down because he came back to spider-man after shooting uncharted with too much swagger because he was acting like a man and now he has to go back to acting like a 20 year old. Yeah. And I heard that like he, um, there was like something about his hair, like he had his hair grown out or something like that for the wisp uncharted and he wanted to keep it. So I, I, I'm really excited for the Spider-Man movie, but that's near the corner there for Ellie. They, uh, they hired Bella Ramsey who is very famously known as Liana Mormont. And I think a lot of people are pissed for the last of us because they've essentially made it British. Like they're going to get British actors to do all these English speaking parts. And I understand the, there is this, this movement or this, this group of people out there that are like, no matter what the role is, they have to be the roles that are like specific to those people. So like if you have an American role, you need to have an American actor. You have a female role. You can't have a male actor do a female voice or vice versa. Like it's just so much to handle. I'm, I'm kind of apprehensive because like, if it's anything like the game, it's just going to be hours of walking. Yeah. It'll be Lord of the Rings, but post-apocalyptic it'll be the first two episodes of wandavision over and over and over again oh don't <laughs> don't just don't hey yo um okay let's let's get into that the main reason why we're here because you know oh sorry. <laughs> I, i'm scattered guys i'm so sorry i've just had quite the week um just the last thing on cara dune um just so you know the nail is 100 in the coffin and disney's not resurrecting her at any way, shape, or form, sorry fans who want Lucy Lawless to play Cara Dune, which is also stupid. You could just get rid of the character and bring Lucy Lawless in as something else if we really wanted to. 
Hasbro has gotten rid of all the toys. So if you are a toy collector, you want to collect something that's not going to exist anymore. Some Toys R Us's are open. They're not pulled off the shelves yet. Go buy yourself a piece of history. I wonder um, what our friend Jay Bartlett has to say about that. We could ask him to send us in a voice note and (laughs) we'll put it up. Yeah, Um, It could be uh, an incredibly rare toy, though, because if Hasbro is no longer making production of it whatsoever, you got to imagine there's got to be something out there. Uh But um, the reason why we're actually here is to discuss the lukewarm nintendo direct we saw today i know you seemed a little bit happier than i did but well the, the internet's more on my side than your side which people yeah really people are, uh, I'm, I'm gonna be honest i did not expect people's response to it um so for anyone again who is still living under a rock it was a pretty big er- surprise though because earlier in the yesterday. week yeah well earlier in the week you know, from when you're listening to this, uh, Nintendo had a uh, Nintendo Direct, and it was significantly longer than the previous ones. This was about 50 minutes long. Um, and there was a decent amount of announcements. Um, but I think the general kind of feeling is that what has Nintendo been doing? Because there's really... N- very few new things now granted this was just a direct for what is supposed like what is supposed to be releasing in like the first half of the year yeah but i guess something's going to like well i guess june and july so still like the first half ish here's where i think i'll i'll start um the ball We're not going to do it in order that the show went. And the reason being is you're going to, we're going to have the, the, the appetizers before the main course. It's just, it was really disappointing with a year that we already knew Pokemon snap was coming out. There was all these big Zelda rumors that were floating around for the last like two, three weeks. That golden eye news kind of seemingly popped out of thin air where it was mainly for the 360, but people started trying to piece it back to the switch and we still haven't seen a 64 mini or a 64 virtual console there's there there was content here but it wasn't enough to be like oh my god i can't wait to go buy all these games as it stands right now we'll go through the list legitimately one game i think i would buy at launch oh and which one is that Ah, oh, we'll tell you when we go through the list. All right. Uh, first thing they, well, I shouldn't say first thing they announced, but they did announce um, that Hades will have a physical edition coming to the Switch, which for Hades fans is super nice. It's actually, actually dropping next I month. Was, I wasn't surprised um, because I, I think the the reason why this is getting physical release is because it ended up being a runaway hit on the Switch. It was such a a big seller when it released um it's just gone praise all around it's won a ton of game of the year awards already yeah. but not actual game of the year because sony didn't sony paid too much money for that um but you know it's not just 
I think the big thing with this, it's not just a physical release of the game. Um, it is including more stuff. So you'll get a PC download code for the soundtrack. Which is pretty cool. Which, uh, yeah, if you've played Bastion or Transistor, which were two other really good games, um, the soundtrack for Hades was made or um, composed by the same guy who did the soundtracks for those games. Some really good stuff. And also a 32-page character compendium. So with like cool. art, with artwork of all the characters and stuff like that. So I think this is not so much just a, oh, hey, we can get more money for this. This is more of a, I don't, I, I don't really know how to explain it. It's, it's not like a labor of love, but it's more of um, a congratulations to the developers. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's, it's a little bit of a, Hey, you guys did really well. You deserve this. You've earned the opportunity to have a physical copy, but you're also going to reward the fans who bought it digitally by offering out these extra cool bonuses. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, especially with the switch, because we know that the cost of manufacturing the switch cartridges and stuff like that are still significantly higher than printing a disc for, you know, PlayStation or Xbox getting, uh, this is, this was like an indie, indie game, right? So getting their game published, um, and promoted by Nintendo directly is a big deal because otherwise, you know, a lot of these smaller games, if they do get physical releases, they either have to self-publish them um, or they have to go through limited run games. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was a, uh, I've been on the fence about buying Hades. Um, I thought about it many times. It's gone on sale a few times, but I actually might consider picking it up physically. Um, mostly to support the, the developers a little more. And I think it'll be a good collector's item as well. Yeah. And nothing like, honestly, like my Xbox collection is pretty decent. I don't have a lot of my 360 stuff. Unfortunately, a lot of the games that I still had in containers or like in um, cases got damaged in a flood in my parents' basement. So like, I have a few games that are like survived, but I like, unfortunately I lost hundreds of dollars worth of games <laughs> which super sucks but it is what it is nothing nothing comes back to life like a super warp disc am i right no um but the switch cases look so good on whatever shelf you put them they're just they're an oddly perfect size yeah the coloring's really nice and it's appealing to what's not appealing to me which is going to do really well on the switch i think anyways is Apex Legends, you're getting a free to play <laughs> game. People love this game. It's one of the weaker battle royales, but it's a 3v3 game. People love it. They and the thing is is they're supporting it though. You know, the game is it has had a ton of major updates. I know some people that play it religiously. Um and it's it's cool that they're you know fully supporting and promoting it on Nintendo systems. Uh, I think what for the first two weeks, double XP. Launch, double XP if you play on Nintendo Switch, and I'm pretty sure your characters and everything progression is cross-platform anyway. So you can play on the Switch, get a shit ton of double XP for two weeks, and then go back to playing on PlayStation, Xbox, or whatever. I'm just, um, I guess, curious 
I'm going to download it to see what it looks like compared to what it looks like on the the far superior Xbox, which isn't obviously a challenge, but I'm interested to see where it's going to kind of fall off in some quality well, aspects. It's, it's kind of like um, Fortnite, I'm going to assume. You know, Fortnite on the Nintendo Switch, the draw distance is terrible. The resolution isn't that very isn't very good, and it's playable, but it's less than ideal. And I think honestly, in a game like this, Fortnite not so much because Fortnite, you, sure, it does have that competitive aspect, but there's a lot. There's more built, like there's building and there's more strategy involved. Whereas you know, this Apex Legends is kind of like in the the classic battle royale. Um, genre, right? Yeah. Like where it's just like a straight up, you know, you you guys kill the other teams and and win, right? So if you're if I'm playing on my Switch and you're playing on your Xbox, and your system's draw distance is, you know, even ten percent more than what it is on the Nintendo Switch, you have a major advantage over me. That's why I don't. I can't imagine crossplay being a thing. Oh, but it will be. They they said it is. It's just oh, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting for sure. Like I think it'll it'll be good for some, you know, if you're traveling and you really love Apex Legends and you want to play while you're, you know, at your hotel or or whatever and you have your Switch with you, you can keep doing that, but I don't I don't know. It it's just good that it's open opening up to a lot more people. I guess. Mm-hmm. And also if you play on the Nintendo switch, you get um, some exclusive Nintendo skins for characters or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be the most uh, rocket league thing ever. <laughs> Remember when rocket league came to switch, get your mushroom pack now. Um, <laughs> yes. They said it exactly like that. Meow. <laughs> Meow. Uh, Ghosts and goblins resurrection release date and trailer revealed. I love the fact that the Switch is still just gobbling up these side scrollers and these 2D platformers. It's so fun. Um, I don't remember. They didn't release a price for this, did they? Uh, I don't believe so. It looks so fun, though. It kind of takes you back to being a kid drinking way too much high C and chips. Well, uh, just killing ghosts yeah. and goblins. Ghosts and goblins was a fun game. I think uh, there is there's obviously a market for this, right? Like they they wouldn't make it if they didn't think it was going to sell. Ghosts and goblins is one of those games that everyone's played it at least once, even if you've never owned the game. I'm pretty sure everyone who's ever played an emulator or or something like that has <laughs> played Ghosts and Goblins. Um, one thing that really kind of stood out to me on this one is that they added uh, co op mode, and mm-hmm. I think. That is one thing so far that Nintendo is doing very well with their system is a lot of their games are having some sort of co-op mode, couch co-op and whatnot, where for the longest time, you know, that has been kind of a, a, not even a second thought. It's like a tertiary thought. Um, and that was interesting because it's like, okay, well, you know, this isn't a game that my girlfriend will play, but if I was playing it, then, you know, she could join in. Not that yeah. I would play it, but <laughs> would you play saga frontier, the remastered game? No, 
This this is just this is right in the realm of my favorite games to hate. So yeah, it, it's, it's like you know a remaster of a classic RPG, which I know Sean, you're not really into those RPGs. Um, you know, I know the Saga games. There's a it's a long running franchise, um, and it's kind of like one of these those series that has like multiple main protagonists with multiple stories and all that stuff. It's a turn based RPG. Um, I think it's good that it got a HD remake. They added some stuff, some new um, scenarios and whatnot. I just don't like the artwork. I don't like the character design, and it it just doesn't really sit well with me. So I'll probably skip it. I'm honestly, I might pick it up if it goes on like a a deep deep discount. But meh, <laughs> meh. Um, no, I know like. I remember playing a bunch of these RPGs on like Nintendo when I was a kid. Cause that's like some of the games that my dad had. Like I would play uh destiny of an emperor harvest moon, all that kind of stuff. And I would just be like, like destiny of an emperor was kind of cool till all your people died. And then you didn't know how to get more because you were like five, <laughs> but like, I just, I've aside from like Pokemon, I've just never really liked this style of game. Like that kind of like top down like yeah. dungeon. I, I I guess it's not kind of a dungeon crawler. It's not like Diablo, but it kind of has like that same feel. I don't know. Isometric RPG kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's understandable. It's it. I played a lot of RPGs when I was younger, but I also had the the attention span for it. Um, I grew up on sports games. Like my dad would be like, "You want to play a game of hockey?" Or like when we got sixty four and we played like WCW versus NWO, like. Mm-hmm. We we played sports games with or, or like duck hunt or shooter games. So like it was very much that's what I grew up on. Yeah, uh, I never grew up on the Bravely Default either. But well, th- not many people did. It Bravely they, Default came out on the Nintendo 3DS, which actually when it came out, it kind of was a, a revitalization of the RPG genre back on uh, Nintendo handhelds and stuff like that. So when they announced that they were doing the sequel on Nintendo Switch, a lot of people were really happy about that. And actually, um, I did not realize that it was coming out so soon. February 26th. So that's like in two weeks. It's next week. Yeah, it's... uh, it's Honestly, I know, again, not my style of game, but the character models, for the most part, look really, really sharp. And then there's like these few characters that they designed that just look derpy as fuck. And you're like, come on, did you just like get lazy? Well, I think they're kind of like their styles that for, for these ones is they're kind of exaggerating certain, certain features of certain characters just to, I don't know, make them stand out a little bit. Um, and I think also they're kind of sticking with the, like the 3DS had some limitations. So on those tiny screens, they had to have characters and designs that had over-exaggerated features so that they stood out on the really low quality or low resolution screen of the 3DS, right? Um, So I think they're also sticking with that design. I think if they changed it, it would be true too drastic and it would not feel like a bravely default game. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I played a little bit of bravely default on my 3ds. I really did enjoy it. 
Yeah. Um, I, and I think I might eventually pick this up when it goes on sale sometime. It Like, as I said, it looks cool. Again, not... Uh, Nintendo's 30% not for me, and I think that's fine. Um, I think the next one is also very similar. It's World End Club. World's End Club. This looks kind of more of a that kind of JRPG, but also has that, um, I don't know what, it kind of has like a Pokemon feel, but then the art's all weird. Like, yeah, I don't really know what type of game this is. The drawing's very sword and shield for a lot of the characters though. Yeah. It's like that chibi kind of anime style, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't like the game or the trailer didn't really show any gameplay. It doesn't really say what type of game it is. It says, Blends side-scrolling action with a suspenseful narrative. So is it just a side-scrolling action game like the likes of Mario or um, Seamus, you know, with the the gun, the Scottish space hunter? Yeah, yeah. Metroid? That's it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Is it like a side-scroller like that? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. This game, it it kind of came out of nowhere and I don't think that people really care too much about it. Yeah. The other game, I don't think people care about too much. And the first absolute, what the hell am I watching? um, Head scratcher for me was knockout city. Is it a co-op dodgeball game with like, Well, maybe not even EA characters. I thought they were EA characters, but it it's so weird. Was this like a free to play? Is this a free to play game? I believe it's free to play. Um, yeah, it's like what if this is this is how this uh the the brainstorming for this game came in. What did you like to play in in elementary school? Dodgeball. Okay, okay. I like I like the idea of that. What do you like to do when you're not at work? Be not at work. Okay, okay, I like that. What if we took dodgeball and put it in an area that wasn't work? You mean like outside on the streets in the city? <laughs> you might be onto something. Yeah, that's literally what this game looks like it's just dodgeball with you know special attacks and stuff like that uh in different cities and areas and stuff like that now uh i I, the one game that this kind of reminded me of was arms kind of yeah just like you want to play random boxing games right and it's just kind of like the characters look kind of now this is this trailer was very misleading because they have all these like different types of characters kind of like doing like this interview style thing, but the gameplay art and animation and everything is completely different. But um, I just get the feeling of arms in the kind of cartoony battle system type thing with specific characters that have special abilities and you're throwing a dodgeball around now. One thing that I think that they've completely aced, at least from what I can tell in this trailer, is the ping sound of that dodgeball. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> you know, like that. It, it, everyone knows 
everyone knows what that ping sound is. And yeah, no, it was, I don't know this. Maybe I'll give it a try, but it's not, I don't see it being, I don't see this being like a huge, huge game on the Nintendo switch. I but do you know like, what? it's sorry. definitely going to come out on Xbox and PS4. Like there's no way that these developers are going to be like, Oh, we're going to make this game solely for Nintendo switch. They might though. Do you really think this is going to have a player base on a bigger console? Like, think, look at how much um, Rocket Arena is, was a downloaded and b played. Like the servers are very weak, and the, also that um, that Ubisoft Battle Royale that I always forget the name of. The the market's too oversaturated. I'm sorry. Oh, um, actually, so just looking into this a little more. Uh, it's coming to PC at least. All right, point between, click dodgeball. Hell between yeah. February twentieth and twenty first, from seven a.m. to eight p.m. Pacific time in North America and the EU regions. Um, yeah, closed beta. Interesting. So it's coming to at least. Oh yeah, no, PC, Switch, and consoles. So it's coming out to everything. Yeah, just another one of those uh, free-to-play team-based squad shooters that we know and love that there's too many of. Yeah. Um, just quickly on that, I like that Nintendo continually has characters in their game trailers playing Switch. We'll see it again in a little bit, but I really like that. It's just a fun little advertising thing. Uh, next on the list is... Uh, personal favorite of mine i've experienced a few different iterations of plants versus zombies um this is the complete edition dropping or battle of neighborville complete edition is dropping on the switch on march 19th if you like fps's that are zany and fun and have a story mode i guess it's not a first person it's considered a third person shooter third person yeah um these games are so fun they're they're just they're they're laughable shooters, which makes it kind of unique. It has that kind of Overwatch feel, where you like feel like you have a responsibility depending on the character that you've chosen. It's it's a very entertaining game. Uh, depending on cost, I'll check it out. I mean, it's the same game on every console. the um, The draw depth might be a little bit of a factor, but the arenas are small, like Splatoon. So mm-hmm. kind of factor that in. David's favorite game is next. Uh, DC Superhero Girls Teen Power. Don't diss DC Superhero Girls Teen Power. I loved how the trailer starts off with like them explaining and like, oh, I, not like I don't want to sound sexist when I say this, but these female characters mansplained who these characters were. There oh yeah, because this tons. is a game. For, this is a game for girls who don't know DC superheroes. No, stop that! Stop that! That's bullshit. There are tons of girls, tons. I know. I'm. I'm being that. Just like there are more nerdy girls out there than you possibly could imagine, and I think that's taken by storm in, um, like the TikTok community and the the cosplay community, where you see a lot of the people like being Batgirl, Supergirl, Wonder Woman. 
but the art style of this is very Bratz dolls it, minus the big yeah, ones. and I feel like this is this is a game made by and not necessarily made by, but envisioned by some males somewhere that are completely out of touch with what nerdy and geeky cultured females are into. All right, let's look up the production team. DC Superhero Girls. Oh, it's based off an animated series. We're completely wrong then. At a superhero high school, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, and their superhero friends attend exciting classes and deal with awkwardnesses of growing up. So this is Teen Titans, but female. Okay. Interesting, because there's female Teen Titans as well. Okay, let's dig a little bit deeper, because why not? Um, All right, so who's developing the game? Uh, that's not what I wanted. All right. So if this is based off a television show, then why can't I find the wiki telling me about the game? All right. We're just we're just wasting time at this uh, point. Yeah, it doesn't say anything. I would be very intrigued to see who is. So it's based on a TV series developed by Lauren Faust. And Warner Brothers. I guess that makes sense. Warner Brothers has the DC. All the rights, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But it is a a $60 game. It is being published by Nintendo. But there's no information on the game whatsoever. So interesting. If, you know what? I'm I'm still not of the mindset that it was presented correctly because I do believe that mansplaining the characters at the beginning was kind of stupid. But if you're trying to uh, attack like that eight year old to 12 year old audience, maybe it has the fundamentals of a decent superhero game. If you look at it, Um, not for me, but interesting. Nonetheless, I'm just kind of all over the place with it. Uh Uh, How did you feel about neon white? I have no idea what this game is. It looked kind of creepy. It looks like um, if they took that one. It's a card battling game. No, who's what's the no, one no, with but that's uh, what this is. I know the first person parkouring game. Mirror's Edge. Mirror's Edge. It's like, what if we took Mirror's Edge and added some sort of shooting mechanic into the game? But that's you actually like, did you watch the trailer for it? You're like running through with cards. Yeah, but like it still is a shooting mechanic, right? Like cards are your ammo or your special abilities, but you're still just running through the levels shooting things. I don't know. Well, Looks kind of stupid. The the thing that I love about um, the next game on our list is No More Heroes, which is Travis Touchdown versus Aliens. I think this is funny because I just tried to reaccess the trailer and it asked me how old I was but they played it through the Nintendo direct. Um, well, that's because the no more heroes games also have historically been a very mature game. So that's kind of understandable. And you know, you're not a very mature person. So it's, you know, they're just looking I, out for you. I love the guy cutting his lawn. This game looks so 
old and dated. Did you ever play No More Heroes? No, but it's just, it's funny to me that they're trying to pass this off as a next-gen game. Well, so they are and they're not at the same time because No More Heroes, when it came out on the Wii, it was a mature-rated game. You know, there's lots of swearing in it and all that stuff. Um, very violent, lots of blood, all that shit. Uh, no More Heroes 2, same thing. Violent, lots of crude humor and everything. So, if you because you've never played the other ones, this game obviously looks kind of dated. Um, but it it does it does continue on with the art style of the series, but updated. Um, I, I think it does look good, honestly, for, for what it is and the type of game. It's It never was one of these games that was, you know, amazing visuals and all that stuff because it was limited to the Nintendo Wii hardware, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, it has I'm kind actually, of a Dead Rising vibe to it. Yeah, and, and like these are very humorous games. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of excited for it. They did re-release um, No More Heroes One and Two on the Nintendo eShop um, in preparation for No More Heroes Three, which I eventually am planning on picking up. But um, I don't know. This game comes out like a few days after my birthday, so if anyone wants to buy this game for me for my birthday. You can look him up on his OnlyFans or his Patreon. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that or you can buy him Stubbs the Zombie. Will shamble or sorry, Stubbs the Zombie. Um, this kind of looked fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, Stubbs the Zombie was a fairly popular game back on what was the Xbox or something like that. It's just it's being released for Xbox One, PS4, Switch, and PC. Oh, so this game, uh, Subs the Zombie, Rebel Without a Pulse, was originally out on the Xbox three s- Xbox mm-hmm. Xbox three sixty. So you know, it's just another re release game. Clearly, it um, must have enough of a cult following to issue or warrant a a remake, a remaster, so to speak. Um, but guaranteed, this is coming out on PS four as well. And it is. <laughs> and Xbox. Yeah, I just I literally just said that to you. <laughs> um, yeah. Capcom Arcade Stadium Surprise. Now this is interesting. Or sorry, it's just called Capcom Arcade Stadium. I just read it as yeah. Surprise. Surprise released on Switch Today. Now this is interesting because Nintendo kind of played with this idea on the Nintendo 3DS. The and and they actually have some of those on the Nintendo Switch I think where they have like they're free to start. Mm-hmm. So this is essentially think of it as like the Nintendo the NES classic um online collection or the N- Super Nintendo collection of this is a collection of Capcom arcade games. Um but you have to purchase the games in the collection. So it starts off with uh, you get, what was it? 1943 for free, but then you have to buy like Strider, Dynasty Warriors, all these other games. You have to buy cartridges or whatever it is um, to expand it. So 
this is an interesting model because it worked for Nintendo. And this allows people to kind of pick and choose which games they want to pay and or play and pay for, right? Instead of saying, okay, we're going to have a collection of 60 games and we're going to have a set price of $59.99. Well, you can download the, the first game for free and then buy each individual game for $3, right? So instead of people being like, oh, well, I only want to play one game, right? I don't want to pay 50 bucks for for this whole thing if I'm only going to play one. Well, now they only have to pay for that one game and Nintendo and Capcom are, are making money. It's, it's actually a genius uh, business sense because it's not so much a microtransaction because you're actually buying the game. You're buying an expansion for the game that you got for free, right? Um, so, yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. What, am I going to buy any of these games? Probably not, because <laughs> whatever. But for the people that really love these games and grew up playing them and stuff like that, especially like Street Fighter and all those, you know, I think this is a this will be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And and they can keep expanding it, right? That's another cool thing about this. Do you know what else is cool? I feel like that's our big segue when we do lists. Um, Tales from the Borderlands. Meh. Beat it like four or five years ago. Yeah, but you can now beat it on your Switch. Yeah. Welcome to 2000. When was it? Tales from the Borderlands. When did that came out? 2017, I think. Uh, 2014. (laughs) All right. Welcome to the... 2014's Nintendo Tales of the Borderlands. Well, this is this was going to be my argument at the end and like as I look at the list it's just more of the same stuff. Is the Switch just becoming a recycling bin for games that were successful and they're just trying to be like, "Ah, oh, well maybe somebody would like to play this game while sitting in the back of a car." Maybe, who knows. Next, I think, I think a big p- part of it though is because a lot of companies and developers skipped on the Wii and the Wii U when they came out because the hardware just was not capable of playing a lot of these games to the same uh, same extent as like the Xbox 360, the PS3, Xbox One, PS4, right? Now that Nintendo has a system that is a moneymaker, it is a more capable system. It's their most powerful system that they've ever created. It can actually play games, you know, and look good. Not saying that the Wii U didn't have good looking games, but this is their, one of their most popular systems. You know, now these developers are like, okay, well we can release our games on the system and it's easy for them, right? Like it's easy to port a game that's completed over to the Nintendo Switch and sell it again for full price. Nintendo's been doing that with all of their <laughs> their games, mm-hmm. right? So, I don't know. I'm not surprised, but at the same time, it's like, whatever. Give well, us, give us um, what was it? Uh, shit, uh, A Wolf Among Us 2. That's what I want. It's okay. I've got a few more remasters to tell you about in a second, so it's fine. Uh, next up was New Monster, or sorry, Monster Hunter Rise. It was a new trailer for Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah, interesting game. I I I like how they've 
really have a story trailer to this. I don't know if this is going to follow the same um, gameplay-ish as the other Monster Hunter games, or if this is going to be more of a story-driven game. But it looks interesting. I probably won't play it, though. Two more um, remakes to, to throw at you. Legend of Mana and Samurai Warrior 5 are both heading to the Nintendo Switch. Um, actually, I'm super excited for Legend of Mana. I am totally buying that when it releases. Legend of Mana was one of those games that I had on the PlayStation 1, and I played it all the time. Um, it's one of these games that, you know, multiple characters, multiple stories, you could totally customize the game. Like, the game, it, it kind of, you know, pushed you in the right direction, but you could change how you complete the game, like what order of worlds you will explore and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually looks, I think it looks great. It, it was a, you know, one of those classic kind of, it, it's a game that could have come on the super Nintendo, you know, like uh, it was the Sprite based games, but I think they did a nice blend of keeping that pixel art of the characters and some of the other game assets but then also updating updating the uh the environments and everything so i'm i'm actually pretty excited for this the game looks if i may say adorable (laughs) yeah that's just the Um, word i can come up with i i will like i said 100 buy this when it comes out i'm I really would love for them to make a physical release of this because I would love to get that, but I, I doubt it will. Um, but I was hoping like it comes out in June and I was hoping that it, you know, it would come out earlier than that, but mm-hmm. no, I'm actually really excited for this one. This is the the one game that they announced that I was like fucking a. Yeah. My, my game still hasn't shown up yet. Um, they do have two Famicom Detective Club games coming out. The Missing Air and uh, The Girl Who Stands Behind. Yeah, no, this is interesting. Because uh, Famicom Detective, I believe they were games that came out on the... Yeah, they came out originally in Japan only on um, the Famicom, like the NES. Yeah. So these have been fully updated and translated into uh, for the Nintendo Switch. So this game, what what it really kind of reminded me of is the Phoenix Wright games, with kind of like the storytelling and the detective stuff. Um, it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I will play it, <laughs> but uh, it. I, I always and I always like when they bring these games and update them and release them worldwide because there's a ton of games in the past, like throughout the last you know twenty thirty years, um, not just on Nintendo consoles but on Sony consoles and even um, on Xbox to a mm. lesser extent that only ever came out in Europe or in Japan that are were were really good games but a whole market was unable to enjoy them and so 
even though I might not necessarily buy this game, because I'm not really big into like the visual novel style games as well. But uh, the fact that Nintendo is doing this is is really nice because I know that there's going to be a lot of people that would love this game and really kind of like that. And this is also a part of Nintendo's history, mm-hmm. right? And actually, when I, so I was watching the Nintendo Direct and Angela was in there and this one was on. And this was the one thing that she's like, oh, what is that? So it might be something that she wants to pick up. It's something about the art style that is like, it's almost like to me, it felt kind of like a, a telltale game, but more of a anime telltale game. Does that make sense? That's what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, with slight animations to the characters and stuff like that and slight movements, but I don't know. It. I'm interested to see what the kind of like the reviews are for this because Clearly, like I said, you know, it was big enough for Nintendo to localize it and update it. They could have updated it and just release it um, mm-hmm. in Japan, but they're bringing it to North America and Europe, right? So, oh. uh, 10 out of 10 game on Steam. The Outer Wilds is coming to the Nintendo Switch. And this game was released in 2019, so it's been around for a little bit it's on the PlayStation 4, Xbox One as well. I got to say, this is. I've never played this game. This looked interesting to me. It looked different. It looked for when I when I first heard it, I was like Outer Worlds, the game that I like downloaded and would never play. <laughs> that already that already came out on the Switch. I know it's horrible. Um, here's an interesting title, which kind of reminds me a little bit of PlayStation Home back in the day on the PlayStation Three. Um, Nintendo 3DS title to. Uh, Metopia is arriving to the Switch. So the original 3DS title, Metopia, is now coming to the Switch. So you can play with your Mies there. But you can build like custom houses, build enemies, travel to different worlds. Yeah, it was like a RPG with Mies. I never really played into it, but apparently it was a pretty good game. The one thing I remembered about having a 3DS was always like playing the little me games that you could play. Oh yeah. Like, you know, you'd go through like the sword fights and stuff. And depending oh, on how many me, people, I, I know I would bring my 3ds with me literally everywhere just to get puzzle oh, pieces and passes. Time, yeah. Every time I traveled, you know, airports were a treasure trove of, uh, me passes, or That's street, it, passes, me passes. street passes. Is that and, still a thing? No. Well, like it's still technically like if someone else, walks and has one you'll get one but the last few times that i've gone on trips you know i'll, I'll still i would still bring my 3ds and i think i got one street pass and it's like oh my god but uh yeah i know it's, it's essentially pretty much dead fair i mean sad but fair um super mario items are going to be added to animal crossing new horizons as part of the mario 35 celebration um what do you get you get blocks you get coin bricks you get mushrooms you get outfits and you get a warp tunnel so you can warp from one side of your island to the other that which is actually the coolest thing yeah adding adding the warp pipe so you can have like uh say you're setting up say say you're doing like a, a bug run and stuff like that you could essentially have a warp pipe at your museum or the shop right and mm-hmm. have one right at your dock so you don't have to run across your your island to this 
to the store to Nook's Cranny to sell or the museum to deposit stuff. Like that's that's a pretty cool concept. Will I get the stuff? Yeah. Will I play Animal Crossing past that? Probably not. It's um, one of those games that I I loaded up. I played it the other day. I played it for like five minutes, and I'm like, eh, I'm gonna play something else. Yeah, I haven't turned my game on since like May. Um, more to the point, I tried to convince Krista that we should just give her parents my copy of it, and then we got her mom a copy for Christmas because her mom plays Animal Crossing every day. Um, but anybody can get this content because it's free, baby. Um, Ninja Gaiden Master Collection announced for the Nintendo Switch. You get um, Sigma, Sigma 2, and Razor's Edge all in the same collection. Do you play these games? Um, I've kind of dabbled, but the Ninja Gaiden games were always very, very difficult. Uh, it's a cool collection, though. Like You're getting a decent amount of games, like in some, um, and they're good games. Don't get me wrong. I suck at them. But uh, the fact that they're releasing all three in a collection, that's actually pretty sweet. Yeah. All right. Here's where shit gets real. Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity expansion pass announced. wonder what this is going to cost the great people of Nintendo users. It was like 20 bucks or something like that. Yeah, it seems about right. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I don't even have Hyrule Warriors, so I wouldn't consider buying it so the what are they getting wave one is june expanded roster new weapon types new challenges and new enemies wave two is november new character vignettes added new stages expanded roster so like they're just expanding the game nothing too crazy but 20 bucks isn't too bad for the expansion stuff i think that's what they did for uh Breath of the Wild, right? It was like 20 bucks. Yep. Uh, first game that really caught my eye was actually right at the beginning of the show, and it was Fall Guys. The Ultimate Knockout arrives this summer for the Nintendo Switch. And I think, depending on how many Joy-Cons you have and if it has online capabilities, which it should, this game is going to be an absolute crowd pleaser because people are tired of playing Mario Party. This is going to be one of the best couch co-ops available on the switch i'm calling it look at how popular it is on pc and playstation right now it's one of the top twitch titles i don't know how many people will be broadcasting off their switch on twitch Whew, that was a mouthful but this was one of them that finally got like i was like oh shit as soon as i saw the little logo i was like oh this is kind of fun this is great the only thing is like is cross-platform gonna be difficult if a pc player is just wiping the floor with <laughs> a switch player you know yeah it'll, it, but i don't know it, i i think the idea of this game is just have fun and it's not necessarily a i i wouldn't necessarily say that the controls on pc are any better than console because it's it's more of a how well can you control control your character using your controller, right? Like keyboard and mouse are 100% better for first person shooters and stuff like that. Um, but this is not really a first person shooter. So fair. Yeah. Um, 
big game, big title, huge title, biggest title ever for you Star Wars fans. I actually don't know that for sure. But Nintendo pulled the most Nintendo thing ever, and they were like, we're going to tell you about a game, but we're not going to show you anything. Uh, Star Wars Hunters was announced. A new free-to-play squad-based online multiplayer game that is going to be set definitively between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Sweet. Really sweet. Yeah. Too bad we don't know what the hell this game is going to be. One thing's for sure. It's probably actually, you know what? This isn't EA. It's Zynga. Zynga? Zynga, yeah. And this is one of the first games published by Lucasfilm Games, which is pretty cool. So uh, Zynga, what what have they made? I feel like they make a lot of online mobile games. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Oh yeah, they have the like the little dog thing. Yeah, they did Farmville, Words with Friends, all of those games, Game of Thrones slots, so Cityville. Oh, so this game could actually yeah. be shitty as fuck. My <laughs> guess is probably going to be pretty shitty. It's it's going to be like a mobile. It's going to be a game that's pay to win, and they're going to make a fucking fortune filled with microtransactions. Now, oh. don't be wrong. I will probably give it a try, but I will not probably play it for very long you heard it here first on the scene on screen podcast that david is not going to play this very long or spend a cent on it but i doubt that very much so i i you know what honestly i don't really spend money on uh, these like free-to-play shooters and stuff like that free-to-play games in general um if i want to play a a decent shooter in the stars universe i'm going to play battlefield or battlefront 2 you know, I've TBH. reinstalled Battlefront 2, and I'm... Well, I have it on the other Xbox, but I'm down to play at any point in time. Uh, three more games. Project Triangle. Um, sorry. A Project Triangle strategy was announced today. Um, the Octopath Traveler successor does not have a name yet. I think yeah, it's, it's like working title is Project Triangle. It looked actually kind of cool. So it's, yeah, it's a tactical rpg in the same style of uh octopath octopath traveler that's kind of what square enix is doing with the nintendo switch i think they're kind of sticking to that 2d sprite with a 3d world mm-hmm. um octopath traveler you know it re- was a, a game that was praised by gamers and stuff like that so no i'm not surprised that they're releasing Another game in the same style, but I like that they are embracing another gameplay style. And this is, um, in in this this case, it's a tactical RPG. And I know that there's a lot of people that like that. I never, I'm not a big fan of them. You know, I played Final Fantasy Tactics on the PlayStation One, and it was a struggle to get through. But I got through it, and I never again. It it totally turned me off of tactical RPGs. I just don't like when battles take hours. Yeah. <laughs> right? I get it. Um, but there is a demo out for it today. So, And that's another thing that Square Enix has been doing is uh, with with like Octopath, Octopath Traveler, um, with Bravely Default 2, and now with this, they're releasing demos of these games in their very early state. Um, so at least people can get a sense of that. So... Uh, next up is I think the first installment of this series since the GameCube, unless I'm wrong. 
Because I, I don't, re- I don't um, recall one for the Wii. No, I think there was one for the Wii. I don't think it did very well, though. Let me just. I thought there was Mario Tennis. Yeah. Told Soul Tour came out for GameCube. No, you're right. So we haven't seen one of these for a long time. We've got a new Mario Golf game. And the fact, like the thing that got me all bothered and hot about it, aside from like the graphics actually looked quite, quite good. Um, the fact that you can use the Joy-Cons as a golf club got me all hot and bothered. Well, that, that was made kind me- of a given. <laughs> it is, but <laughs> it's was gonna not. Add. Because you know Nintendo's just kind of made mistakes in the past. Um, it looks very crisp. I, I do kind of like the the whole tactical version of it. So you actually have the ability to learn different types of shots with the game as well. The only thing that kind of confused me is the story mode only relates to your me. It doesn't really like you can't play like a story as Yoshi or something. Well, well, the original Mario Golf, or one of the, um, well, not necessarily the original one, but the one for Game Game Boy, you were playing as a, like a, a non Mario character. I had that for Game Boy. Yeah, and it was great. Um, so I like that they kind of went back to story mode, and it's your me because it kind of is a, pays homage to that original. Um, Mario Golf on the game Game Boy. And what now, did you think of Speed Golf? Uh, I just one before we get into that. My biggest concern for this is though that the story mode is going to be gimped, like they gimped the story mode in um, Mario Tennis. Uh, maybe like they did say like you get to play. Uh, to level up and get sponsors and stuff. Yeah, I don't know so what your sponsor is going to be. But. I'm hoping, though, that, you know, it actually has like a legitimate story mode rather than just kind of like, OK, like now you're going to go around and play on this course. And when you beat the course, you level up. Right. Like, I hope that there's some some substance to it. But that uh, that what 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 did they call it? Super like, Rush. Super Rush. That is interesting. Or Speed Golf. Yeah. Something like that. That you know what that reminds me of? What? Golf with Friends. Yeah, a little I mean, bit, except you're go, less angry. Like, you can all go at the same time, and it's just kind of like a race. Like, I think that's pretty cool. You know, um, golf games have traditionally be traditionally been very boring to play with people. You know, especially if you're playing with someone who is a slow gamer, someone who likes to overanalyze their, their shots and their controls and stuff like that. Um, I think this is going to be a lot of fun especially to play with like four friends just racing through right um it's a new take on golf and maybe the pga tour should uh implement this kind of i don't know you got pga 2k for 11 dollars, and i bet you haven't played it i did i did but the graphics on it suck so yeah yeah you bought it on on the switch dude i got the deluxe edition for eleven dollars oh i'm not complaining about that um next up they showed splatoon 3 and the moment you saw the create a character i was like okay they're in this splatoon 1 had a really good story mode splatoon 2 not so much um at this point 
the third game is really going to have to wow me in order for me to pick it up. Like I have been fortunate, like I was fortunate enough with Splatoon 2 to get a demo for it, um, which was timed. So I couldn't keep it back when I was doing uh, game reviews a little bit more. Um, I don't know. Like I was excited to see some of the changes, but I also think you can only do the same thing so many times, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah, like they, they supported Splatoon 2 for quite some time. Um, there was actually, when they stopped doing the Splatfest, there was like essentially some outcry from the gaming community, and Nintendo brought them back for another year or so. Um, you know, it's one of their biggest franchises. They had the whole esports thing with Splatoon, right? So it doesn't, it, it actually makes sense that they're making a sequel to it. Um, did they need to make a sequel? Not necessarily. Like they could have released it as an expansion for Splatoon two, but you know, they want their money and stuff like that. So um, my biggest concern is that this is just going to completely destroy the gaming community, the online community for Splatoon two. Well, naturally that's right? what will happen, but it doesn't release till 2022. Yeah. So like and there's still time knowing Nintendo, you know, they just did what Nintendo does and makes get shows an announcement for a game that's coming well over a year away. Metroid prime Four, anyone. Hey, we're not allowed to talk about that. Yeah. That's literally like talking about fight club. <laughs> now this one was, uh, a lot of people were really salty about this one. I'm kind of excited for this one, mostly because I never really played it. Oh, now, before you announce it, I like how you're taking over the announcing. That's fine. Um, <laughs> the thing that I find really funny about the saltiness is everybody, and I mean majority of the internet, thought 100% that the remake that we're about to announce was going to be the remake of a different game. To the point, I saw people literally being like, fuck Nintendo, you do this to us every time. And again, it has something, there's got to be something going on with these 64 licenses that are not allowing a either A, a 64 remake of literally any game, or B, a 64 mini. Because even as up to last night, or I guess in our time last night, but prior to the Nintendo Direct announcement, everybody thought our grand of time was getting remade and it was going to be part of the anniversary celebrations this year. But instead, they remade... Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD on Nintendo Switch. Now, okay, so here's the thing. This is the game that Nintendo made to really show off the... Wii Motion Plus, you know, this was, um, what was it? Twilight Princess was, yeah, the, the, you know, one of the OG, the top Zelda games for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that came out, it was a launch title for the Wii. It came out, like, they they were already developing it for GameCube. So they added the motion controls afterwards. So this was the first game that was designed for the Wii and took advantage of the Wii motion controls. Um, I skipped it. I never really played it. Um, apparently 
it's not everyone's favorite Zelda game. Um, and that would be fairly accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm excited for this because I never got to play it. Um, and being able to play it with updated HD visuals, you know, I'm, I'm excited for that. Now, here's where Nintendo could have just really blown everyone's expectations away. They already have a Wind Waker HD, right? So easy peasy, port that over to the Switch. And they could have ported over even just a basic, like not even HD remake, just a basic N64 emulated version of Orcarina of Time and even um, Majora's Mask for good measure. It's the 35th anniversary of Legend of Zelda right now, as well as Mario. They could have released a Zelda Master Sword collection, right? With Skyward Sword HD, Twilight Princess HD, Wind Waker HD. Bam. Number one seller, guaranteed. And then they could have released something with, you know, like the Majora's Mask and Orcrean of Time. Sell that for, you know, 60 bucks as well for those two games. People would buy it. I would have bought it. But no, now we're getting uh, just Skyward Sword by itself. It'll probably be, uh, you know, full price. I'll buy it, though. You know why? Because, like I said, I haven't played the game before. Um, But one thing that I do like that they did with this. um, So Skyward Sword, when it first came out on the, or when it originally came out on the Wii, you had to play it with the motion controls. Mm -hmm. Um. And everyone knows the Nintendo Switch has multiple control methods and motion controls don't really work very well when you're playing in handheld mode or for the people that have the Switch Lite. So they added button controls for this game. So that's actually really good for people that don't necessarily want to play with motion controls. And um, it they did a pretty good job from what I can tell and it, for controlling... Link sword, you use you use the right joystick, which is pretty interesting because really that's not used when you're in battles, right? When you're fighting, you use the left joystick to control movement, and most of the time you're locked on to your enemy, right? And you mash the sword button. Whereas with this new update, you use the joystick to control like the slashing angle of your sword. So that'll be really interesting. I know a lot of people are really unhappy about this, but come on guys, it's Nintendo. Like, obviously you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> right. Yeah. I what think Nintendo people does. were just genuinely disappointed because everybody and their brother and their aunt and their uncle, they all want Ocarina of time or Majora's mask on the switch. And I think because Nintendo did such a great job with the Nintendo and then the super Nintendo minis, everybody's just like, you will, you owe us this. Fuck, it's been three years. It's probably not going to happen at this point. But this is why people are upset. Not only that, another Nintendo Direct that starts off with 10 minutes worth of Super Smash Brothers. Meh. Enough. Surprisingly, no Pokemon, though. For those who care, Priya and uh, Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2 are joining Smash Brothers. With your seasons pass. Like and for people that loved that series, I bet they're creaming themselves, but <laughs> it's true. You know, like whatever. I'm not a big Smash fan, so I didn't really care. 
With that being said, though, that was the Nintendo Direct, and I do believe it was rather underwhelming. It was more of a, hey, we're releasing a bunch of games. We should have done this. They could have done this video in 25 minutes. It's the fact that they went on and on about certain things. It was like, okay. But as I said earlier, like two games really caught my interest, and that was Fall Guys and Mario Golf. And Mario Golf, just because I haven't really had a Mario Golf game since the Toadstool Tour, and that was fun. It kind of also makes me think Super Mario Strikers is coming back, which would be legitimately amazing. But really, that's like the most logical next step, right? Like, they already did um, Mario Tennis. Now they're doing Mario Golf. They do all the Olympic stuff. They had the baseball one, kind of. Did they? Yeah. Um... So quickly, because I know we're almost out of time, we uh, we took more time than I thought we would for Nintendo Direct. Let's hear it. How badly did you hate WandaVision this week? Um, like, it's getting better. But at the same time, like, my my problem with the episodes now is that they're giving you little bits and little bits and little bits, and then it just ends like right when it's getting good and then it's like okay now I got to wait a whole other week for for this explanation and then again it starts off with a bunch of fluff random shit and then it goes and stuff now one thing i do really uh, what i'm really enjoying is how they uh have vision actually becoming aware of what's going on and actively trying to not necessarily escape, but save people, right? Like mm-hmm. he is being himself and Wanda is kind of coming off more and more crazy. Um, he doesn't remember being an Avenger though. No. So I'm wondering if when Wanda re like brought him back, if she, you know, if she did something to kind of erase his memory or something like that, whatever it may be. Um, but I'm going to say, okay, here's, here it is. The, the show is not so much hot trash now than it was the first four episodes, but that's not saying a whole lot because we are currently five episodes in or six episodes in five into a nine episode series. And it's just, I, in my opinion, just starting to actually become good. Um, the other thing too, when you look at it is like the next few episodes are going to be longer. I think they're 45, 50 and 60 or something like that. So like, we're going to get an hour long finale. There might still be an epilogue. We're not quite sure. Who do you think the bad guy is now after everything you've learned? I still think it's Wanda. No, I don't know. I don't know. I have an interesting thought and I've been talking to a few friends and like, Some of this has been kind of confirmed or thought about on the internet as well. Um, For all those times, I've tried to get you to watch Avengers Assembled, which is now on Disney+. Plus. I think Ultron might be behind this. I think Ultron... I think Ultron is in or has taken a human form as Director Hayward. Here is why. In Avengers Assembled... Ultron comes back after being destroyed um, in a synthesoid kind of like human form. Now, on top of that, what makes it interesting to me is Director Hayward's definitely got something weird going on, right? He said um, that Wanda needs to be arrested for 
disobeying Vision, her husband's living will, right? Yes. Hayward was literally ripping apart Vision, trying to like figure out what made him work or whatever, because they they really never went back to explore what they were doing aside from tests. Why did Darcy pull up the ability or like the Hayward's tracker on Vision's body specifically? Why was there a Vision tracker? How did Hayward also get in to there with the the drone? How come his drone worked and nobody else's did? On top of that, he's got this insanely vested interest in just Vision. He doesn't care about Wanda. Is Vision the missing person? What's going on? He's acting like super shady. And he cares more about Vision than Wanda. He's trying to make Wanda a terrible person, obviously. But somebody is also controlling this. Like, the whole Quicksilver thing was just bizarre as hell, too. But there's something more to this Hayward guy. I think he might be Ultron. I might be very wrong, just like the rest of the internet. But, like, I have a little chat group that sparks up Saturday morning after we've all watched it. And we all, like, discuss our theories and then just kind of move on. And then we see other theories and we're like, oh, maybe. This is good. This is really good. I think, like, the other thing, too, and this... Like, spoiler alert for those who haven't noticed or were unaware. But there is going to be some sort of Ultron connection to the series because James Spader had a credit for the show. I don't know how many episodes, but if you look up WandaVision cast, James Spader's face shows up. Yeah, but it could also just be a flashback flashback or something, right? Exactly. So we don't know what the connection is, which is fair. I mean, Aaron Tyler Johnson showed up for five seconds and probably got paid for it because he got shot. Obviously, we don't know, but that's my thought. I actually thought the episode was really well done, and I would give anything if they don't make Darcy Lewis a mutant. I would love to see a TV series that stars Jimmy Woo and Darcy Lewis, and they're just MCU CSIs. Oh, yeah, I would love that. Though, like those two specifically, I think make an incredible chemistry on TV. Uh, I, I think it'll be really well done. But I'm glad you didn't think it was a, a steaming pile of crap. So I have one quick question for you before we go. And this is a topic that I saw on Reddit and I need to know what you would do. Okay, you ready? Yeah. So. If so, if somebody walked up to you and said you could fight Mike Tyson at any age of his life, okay, any age from one year old to whenever you presumed he'd be his oldest, and if you beat him, you'd got you would get one million dollars for every year he had aged. At what age would you fight Mike Tyson? Oh, like if he was like 105. Yes, but okay, let's say realistically he is an athlete. Like, do I get a train? You have to you you fight him right now as in my current physical state. Yeah. Uh how much money per year? One mil one million dollars per year. (laughs) Like and I should also add in that at eleven years old he started training to box professionally. 
So he already had the thunder at 11 and he was probably beating the shit out of people in school. The age of like six that and seven changes everything. Um, do I got to use a weapon? Your fists, just my fists. Can I like wrap them in something like chains? I mean, I don't think you should. Well, I'm going to beat the guy up, right? Do I want to kill him or just pummel him? You just, you just have to beat him. I, I just, okay. Win the fight. Um, I would say 11 right before he started training. I want to be the reason for him to want to be the best. So, so you beat the crap out of an 11 year old. Oh, absolutely. Kids are fucking stupid. (laughs) So I heard one argument and it was, it was actually just so ridiculous. So the person was like, I'd beat him before he was one. I would take the million dollars because you don't have to punch a baby. You just have to lay it down. They're not strong enough to get up on their own. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. That that was a pretty good argument. Um, I think anything above like 12, you're kind of boned. Because even at like 89, he could still probably crack you in the face hard enough. Unless he was like riddled with like arthritis. It's tough. I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think I could happily retire off like $10 million. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, it's it's an interesting question. Eh? It's definitely different. It's Yeah, that's like the, you know, how many babies could you fight off kind of thing, you know. But you don't want to hurt the babies. That's why I thought it was so funny to be like, yeah, you know what? I would just lay down the baby because the baby's not strong enough to get up and I get a million dollars for doing that. That's smart. True. Smart. But that is all the time we have for today's episode. If you liked what you heard, awesome. Tell us about it. If you hate the games that we talked about, tell us about it. Don't DM David and tell him how funny I am. Or do that. I don't care. No it's one's fine. ever done that. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> do what you got to do. But until next week, we will see you guys later on the Scene on Screen podcast. Peace.